Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Ashwin. I'm joined by Varun. Varun, it's been a while since it's just been, I think, the two of you. DJ's moving houses, I believe, this week. So how are you doing? It's been a, it's been a big week. It's uh, Yeah, lots to talk about, but we're not going to start with cricket. There's other sporting action going on, right? Yeah, it was so good, man. Like, I think, firstly, you know, living in Singapore, usually World Cup finals are like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. my time. So I'm always half asleep while watching it. But I have to say that this, to me, is probably one of the best World Cup finals I have seen. And because cricket takes up so much of our mental space, this is probably one of the best games I've seen, right? I can't, I don't have that kind of uh, time to watch football, but it was amazing. What an advertisement for the game, if that's what every World Cup final is going to look like. Yeah, absolutely exceptional. So I'm in, I'm in Delhi now too, so I got to watch it late night. Just outstanding. Just an incredible match. I mean, I think if you think about... Uh, we, we're not going to talk about it. We don't deep dive into football matches and stuff. But 70 minutes out of 90 was so one-sided. Just so one-sided. And yeah. then... I, in fact, I read... Just went the next... Yeah. I read something that said the French work only 35 hours a week and play five <laughs> minutes out of 90. That's perfect. That's and, a great And, and they still make an impact. But sorry, you, but you were saying, yeah, they, they just didn't show up, right? For 75 they minutes? I think for at least 65, 70 minutes, they had no shots on goal. No shots. And I, mean, then I didn't even see their strikers. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Then from 2-0, a penalty, which felt a little stupid. And then within two minutes, Mbappe scored an absolutely magnificent goal. And then to go to two all. And then with Leo Messi scoring three, at 3-2, three again, Argentina started celebrating. Again, they could see the finish line. And again, another penalty and a handball. So, absolutely outstanding. Varun, for a cricket podcast, I couldn't help yesterday, but feel like Leo Messi 2022 was was too much like Sachin Tendulkar 2011. And I don't know if you felt that too, but this guy at the pinnacle of his game, basically everybody knows, whether officially or not, that it's going to be the last time that he plays in his country's colors, at a World Cup at least. And has basically accomplished everything else you can think of. Everything else. All the other records, all the other accolades, all the individual awards, but not the World Cup. Right? Like, like was that, a, how great was that moment for you? Does, did it take you back to 2011? Yeah, it did. Everyone was kind of talking about that as well, that it, it just reminds you of that Sachin thing. And remember, like, like sports people are kind of defined by the trophies they win and yet they aren't, right? Because they do so much great, they do so many great things across a 15-year career. And it was so funny because you said, you know, remember Sachin with Messi and then equally, I don't know if you saw this, but Kohli posted about Cristiano Ronaldo and how trophies are not the only thing in the world that matter, that he's the true GOAT and I mean, from a personality perspective, from the fact that they haven't won a trophy for their country as captain, it's just it's just too many similarities. But yes, Messi gives you that kind of warm, fuzzy um, feeling and everyone loves the guy. And, and so, yeah, it's great. It's great. Like we were all rooting for, for Messi, right? More than we were rooting for Argentina. So it kind of felt like that. And I was just wondering if, you know, Di Maria, one of the other guys will, will pick him up on his shoulders and say... He's carried the the burden of the nation for like 20 years. And yeah, it, it, it was really fun. And I think also, um, you know, that, that whole comparison with Maradona, I've been seeing on Instagram and Twitter, there's so many pictures and what you can do digitally now, either pictures showing 
Maradona and Messi hugging and stuff. Like, it's fantastic. It's great. I mean, I can't even imagine what, you know, fans in Argentina must be going through. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. And if you haven't seen it, the, the clips are from of Sergio Aguero, who former Manchester City player, who's actually the same age, I think he's 34, but had to retire last year because of, uh, you know, injury stuff. Very, very close friends with Messi. Wasn't obviously in the squad, but came on the pitch and then had him on his shoulders. It was just a just an exceptional moment. So nice to see. Congratulations to Argentina and Argentina fans everywhere. Congratulations to Messi fans everywhere. It's not the last I think we'll see of him, but just absolutely incredible scenes uh, to pick up. My favorite kind of cricket-related incident for the World Cup last night was somebody on Twitter, and I'm not giving them credit because I don't remember who, said, it seems like sacrilegious almost to have Ravi Shastri in the stadium. He was at the finals and not give out the trophy. Can you imagine if Shastri was the guy doing the trophy presentation for some reason? That would have been yeah, or, or commentating in the penalty shootout, right? That, that and, and during and the shootout, he would have Mbappe been... did hit, hit it like a trace of bullet. So, um, all three times. So, I'm pretty sure uh, Ravi would have done that. But, yeah, and but just talking about it, right? Like, uh, the cricketing analogy. And I think, Ashwin, we should put out that tweet where we ask about what, what uh, France's comeback was like, right? Against the... Um, against the run of the wind, what 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 cricketing analogy do we have for that? Like DJ already said, it's like Bumrah and Shami at Lords. Um, we, yeah, we should we should think about what our listeners have to say about that. And in terms of World Cup finals, it did feel like the England New Zealand match, right? Where it went down to the wire. It had to be decided on a super over, and even there, it was so close. So. Yeah, one of the best finals. That's the let's let's leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, if there's anybody watching on YouTube, leave us a comment, or if you're live, leave us a comment now on what you think the cricketing equivalent was. For me, I mean, just going back to the 2011 World Cup, Kylian Mbappe scoring a hat trick in a losing cause was obviously Mahela making that magnificent century, but in a losing cause, and arguably Angel uh, or Angel Di Maria scoring the goal was uh, was Gautam Gambhir, right? Who kind of gets overshadowed in the Sachin magic, but if not for his 97. In that, and of course, the Dhoni and the Yuvraj magic, but 97 from, from Gambir. So, right, Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. We should talk a little bit about cricket. But there's been three test matches going on. It's been great for me. I have uh, time now, right now this week, and uh, I'm in India, so the time zones work great. I've been watching India, Bangladesh, of course, uh, England, Pakistan, which is still going at the time of recording this, and Australia, South Africa. So, we're going to spend the second half of the show talking a little bit about India, Bangladesh, and a good result that the team India got. Let's start by talking about the game at the GABA. So my first fun fact about the GABA, and I'm not going to talk about this test yet, is in Australia, if the last 27 matches they've played at the GABA, they've been undefeated in 26 of them. Uh, I think 18 were wins, 7 were uh, seven or 8 were uh, draws, 1 loss. I mean, how incredible it is, is it, for India to be the only team? And then layering on top of that, I think in the last six years, Australia have only lost four tests at home across all home runs. Six years, four tests at home. All four of them were to India. So, I, I mean, this is not what we came here to talk about. We came to talk about Australia and South Africa. But you can't talk about the GABA without thinking of Team India, can you? Yeah, you can't. And we've, we've discussed it. It's one of our most popular episodes as well. Um I'm just glad that I didn't have to hear anything about the Fortress Gabba leading up to this test because I think we kind of 
got shut, we shut that down in some sense the last time, right? Even between Ashwin and Payne, the whole chat was just come to the GABA, we'll we'll see you there. And of course, Ashwin had replied, saying, we'll end your career when you come to India. Tim Payne didn't even make it to and India. it sort of happened. He didn't yeah, he, he didn't make it to India. But yeah, I think I'm glad that there's no more chat about Fortress GABA. But let's also give a lot of credit, man. An Australia Test Series, the first game is always great fun to watch. It's you know the bowlers are going to dominate. You know that um, it's going to be it's going to be like Australia coming at you hard. The visiting visiting team. I don't know if there's a stat, but I'm pretty sure the visiting team loses the first test in Australia like ninety percent of the time. It's just. It's just the way Australian test cricket is. But, you know, the grounds were full. South Africa, I think they, they were without Peterson. And I was I missed that guy because he was so good against us and uh, did so much damage. But South Africa and Australia, both top two in the World Test Championship, uh, both looking to win to cement that place to go to the finals next year in England. And South Africa came out 152 all out. No surprise, the bowler who does very well at the start of any Australia series, Mitchell Stark, bowled fantastic. Only, I think, two or three guys got into double figures. And apart from that, nothing to write home about. So it was like a pacer's paradise with Stark, Cummins and Bolin. Nathan Lyon picked up three. And Ashwin, maybe we should just pause here and talk about that pitch, right? Because I don't know if you saw an image of the pitch, but it was so green that I couldn't even tell the difference between what is the pitch and what yeah. is the grass. I saw the a field. picture of the field and I couldn't tell where the pitch was and where it was. I mean, it was it was just completely covered with grass, right? And so, so as you look at it, you say, okay, the South African batsmen didn't last super long. They made 48. They, they played out 48 overs, made 152. The Aussies then played another 50 overs before getting out. Then the South Africans crumbled in that second inning, getting out for 99 in 37.4. And the Aussies won, chasing only 35 runs. They they still lost four wickets in pursuit, right? Like Mitchell Stark was padded up when the, the target was 35. So to your question, is it acceptable that a pitch is created such, whether it's for pacers or spinners, that a game is done in two days? I mean, you sit there and say, yeah, they didn't bat great. The South Africans didn't bat great. But then the, the Aussies also didn't bat pretty. They also lost 14 wickets. I mean, to lose 34 wickets and have the completion of a five-day test match in two days. That just, I mean, that just seems unacceptable. Yeah, with, and that too, without Akshar Patel. Without Akshar Patel and Ahmed so, right? I mean, To finish yeah. this match in two days and take 34 wickets and Akshar Patel doesn't even feature in the 11, that is uh, that is not acceptable. But jokes apart, it's, it's not great for the game. Let me put it that way, right? I don't think any of us want to watch a two-day test. But at the same time, What's your view on the hypocrisy, right? Sevag and um, Asim Jafar and everyone else has come out and said, why did why did India get the criticism of the pitches uh, when the match finished in two days in Ahmedabad? And why did nobody talk about the pitch in the Australia-South Africa game? Yeah, I mean, that is my fundamental frustration, as to your point, right? It's a, it's a hypocrisy, whether it's a double standard because... The Western world versus the South Asian world, whether it's this double standard because of pace versus spin, whatever it is. But you've created such a, such a seeming wicket that didn't last two days. And everybody's saying, fast bowler paradise, this is what test cricket is all about. It's supposed to seem, it's supposed to bounce, make it hard on the batsman. Almost almost a mirror image, by the way, of Ahmedabad, right? England bats first, makes 112. India bats first, makes 145, gets all out, with Jack Leach taking four, Joe Root taking five. 
right? Root took five wickets. England back second gets 81 and India finishes off with 49. So very, very similar parallels. Two days, this was just a year, a year and a half ago and a completely different message track in the media. So I'm not saying I think two-day test matches are good. Let the record state that. I'm saying to your point, we need to have the, we need to have the same standard. We need to have an equivalent kind of approach on how we look at a two-day test match because it's good for the seamers and a two-day test match is good for the spinners. It's just different conditions, play to your strengths, etc. I just, I think it's ridiculous. So I hope we don't have a lot more two-day test matches. I will say that some of the Fox, I think it was Fox Australia uh, broadcasters had what seemed unhappy with the pitch. It almost feel like they felt like they had to because they realized this question would come and they lost three days of advertising revenue, right? Five-day test match, you plan maybe four. So... Anyway, any any final thoughts on that before we... we no, just, just quickly to two call-outs, right? One is for Rabada. I think he bowled amazing. He picked up four wickets in the first innings and four in the second. And he was un- he, and he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was unbelievable. So I mean, like Warner and all had, had, had no idea what to do. First ball duck for Warner in the first innings. And yeah, I, I mean, special call-out to Rabada. He was fantastic. It's great to see Nokia back in bowling. Jansen is also there. Like... I think basically the message to the viewers is um, the next couple of tests is going to be fun. So keep a lookout for that. And the other call out for me is Travis Head. He came in when uh, Australia were in a pretty bad shape, right? They were 27 for three, I think. And that's when Travis Head came in. And we have spoken about this before on this show. In 2018, India versus South Africa, the man who made a difference why South Africa won the test series four years ago was A.B. de Villiers because... He realized, I need to go to run a ball. I need to get this very quickly. Um, if I hang around on this pitch, I'm going to get out. And Travis Head did that. 92 of 96. Basically, the only batsman who hit a 50 in this entire match. And that was the difference between the two teams. Uh, can't help but think if, Aust- if Australia was given even 120 to make on that last, uh, not last day, on day two, last innings. Um you never know, man. Mitchell Stark might have come out and had to hit the winning runs for them. So, yeah, great. Yeah, agreed. And and just uh, Travis Head was definitely a game changer. A little bit of baseball happening in the other part of this in another part of the world, and that's what Travis Head felt like he bought batting at a run of ball. But Warren, before we wrap this and take a quick break, David Warner, right? There's been a lot, right? The last time these two teams faced off was Sandpaper Gate. Yeah, I'd say faced off in Australia, I think was Sandpaper Gate. David Warner has since been in the media about wanting to have his lifetime ban on leadership roles overturned. There was a whole thing and then it became politicized in public and all that. But now I sit here and look. David Warner's career average in test cricket is 45. Very, very strong. From 2011 through to 2017, it was 41, 54, 63, 39, 49, etc. Then he had a year in 2018 with 39. 2019 was 48. 2020 didn't really play because of COVID. 2021, 38. 2022, 10 test matches, 19 innings, average of 20, 20.6. And so Ricky Ponting has now just cut this morning, I think, come out and said, like, he needs to leave the game on his own terms. It'll be sad if he keeps trying to play and gets gets, gets dropped, etc. So what, what, what do you, where are you at in David Warner? He just was not good enough. He's 36 years old. Uh, what's the future? What does the future have in store for him? Yeah, and I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't David Warner himself say that test is going to be the first format that he would leave I, I can't maybe yeah I can't this remember that DJ to remember yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try to check as we're talking but I think 
he's had a stellar career. He's one of those guys who, you know, never expected that test cricket would be his best format. And it has been hard, man, between Stuart Broad and Rabada getting him off zero off one ball um, a few times now. It's not it's not been easy. I do think the the recent, you know, leadership ban, scan, not scandal, but saga that you were talking about where he would have to go through a full inquiry and his whole uh, family would have to go through a lot. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if you if you don't see him go beyond next June, right? Because I think Australia will pretty much make that World Test Championship. It'll be a great way to bow out for him whether or not they win it. And he can then focus on franchise and, and T20 cricket. That That's just my view. I think that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, fair enough. I mean... We wish him well. He's been a good steward of the game. There's a lot of calls in from Australia for him to retire, at least from Test cricket. So remains to be seen how it goes. Congratulations to Australia for winning. Disappointing with the uh, result of the pitch. Unfortunately, two days just not good enough. Or if it is good enough, then it was good enough in Ahmedabad too. That's the last I'll say of it. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back to talk about India versus Bangladesh. Don't go anywhere. I'm Neil Manthorpe, one half of South Africa on 99.94 with Lungani Zama. We're covering the Rainbow Nation as it undergoes its biggest transition since readmission. We cover every part of the South African game on 99.94 and you can hear us several times a week where you find your podcasts or on YouTube. Welcome back to the Edges and Slated Screen podcast. I'm your host Ashwin. I'm joined by Varun this week. Varun, let's come back to what we know and talk about best, I think, India cricket. So, but DJ and I actually predicted last week's show before the test started that India would sweep the series 2-0. Now, we tend to be a little wishful with our predictions because some of it is we don't want to be there, those guys that predict losing or tying or, or draw a test match. But so far, so good for Team India, right? 1-0, one, uh, finished the match in style, winning by 188 runs. You made the joke about the Akshar Patel show. This was the Kuldeep Yadav show. So, before I ask you to run me through kind of the uh, match summary, Selection was pretty well in line what we expected, right? We predicted Rahul and Shubman at the top, Pujara at three, Kohli four, Panth five, Shreya six. That was uh, that was pretty clear. Akshar Ashwin was pretty clear. I think Omesh and Sirajas were two quicks, and then Kuldeep slotting in as that fifth bowler uh, because they went with three spinners. Any thoughts on on that and versus? you know, some of the other, the, the quicks that we, we could have gone with in the squad? No, it's, it's not so much that. I think it's more that it takes time for the mind to readjust back to what test cricket in subcontinent looks like. I think all of us follow it so much overseas that on the first morning when the team selection was announced, I was in shock. I was looking for pacers. I was like, where is that third pacer? How is this going to work? I mean, we've gone in with four pacers. Yeah, many times. And I'm pretty sure there were considerations to play Shardul as a fifth, in fact, um, in England, South Africa, and Australia. Shardul's a spinner. Shardul's a, a, <clears throat> media, a very slow... Uh, yeah. Friendly medium. <laughs> Friendly medium. But uh, yeah, so it took time. Now, in hindsight, India has won the match. Um, and so, yes, right decision. But it takes us time to remember that you have to go in with only two pacers. And they're basically going to bowl in between the spinners, right? With the new ball and then to give rest and maybe if it's reverse singing. So, yes, right team. I think I thought that maybe Thakur might get a game because of that all-round ability that India sees. I was honestly looking forward to Jaydev Unatkat, right? Because he's he's done well. He, he put out that tweet a year or two ago saying, Red Ball, give me one more chance. And... I was I was just I was hoping he plays. Uh, let's see. Maybe in the second test it'll be great for him. But 
Overall, I think, yes, right team selection. Yeah, and you can't argue with what the results Kuldeep delivered, right? So the question is Umesh Siraj and then the roles Akshar and Ashwin played. And Ashwin had to had to step in big with the bat, right? So India's first innings, we made 404. No centurions. So it's not often you get to 400 with no centurions. But a couple quick shout-outs to, to Pujara, who made 90, just, just back on the scene, re, regained his number three slot. And, and and of course, when we talk second innings, you'll see why he, he showed up in style. Rishabh? Showed up with a little bit of basketball, Travis Head, whatever we want to call it, batted at a runner ball. Looked really good. And so it was disappointing for him to get out uh, when he did. And then Shreyas at six made an 86. Outstanding. But the lower order has been the difference for India in the last couple of years. And usually we used to have, I don't know, four number 11s. And here you have Ashwin making a 50, made 58. And Kuldeep company him with 40 runs that pushed us to 404. So we're in good first innings. You take 404 at the start of the match, right? Yeah, you take 404 at the start of the match. You also take 404 when you're 48 for three. And you've lost Kohli, Gill, and Rahul. So, great comeback. I think, just to quickly add on what you're saying, Pant's disappointing because he looked set for a big one. And um, credit to Shreyas, man. He just comes in and says... So, it feels very clear that Shreyas has like, got that ability to take the singles. And ODI and Test is really his niche, right? It, it just... He's carving that out. He's making this number five slot uh, or number six slot his own. And he's done very well. So, yes, man. Um, and about Ashwin and Kuldeep, you're right. They played almost 230 balls between them. That is that is crazy, right, when you think about it. So, again, when you know now in test cricket, time is, you're not battling against time about 80% of the time. You, 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 can, you can play those 230 balls. So 404 absolutely would take that. Right. And so do you want to just walk us through a little bit about the bowling then? Bangladesh ended up getting out for 150, including a peach from Siraj on the, the first ball. But after picking three spinners and watching the, the Bangladeshi spinners do better than their quakes, you would have thought this is spin. And yet the first four wickets, the top order, was cleaned up thanks to a magnificent spell by Siraj and Amesh. So you want to walk us through the Bangladesh innings really quick? Yeah, I, like we said, I think even Dinesh Karthik said this, right, uh, recently, that Siraj's ability to get wickets on a flat track is something that sets him apart. And I kind of agree. I didn't, I don't rate him all that highly, but it's also look at his peer set, right, in the Indian fast bowling lineup. So I think credit to him that he's getting these wickets. I think the fast bowlers did their job. Their job is to come in with the new ball, pick up two to three quick wickets. They picked up four and then leave it for the spinners to uh, to manage. Now, again, Kuldeep was fantastic, man. I was watching highlights of his five wickets and it was great. It felt like five years ago when Kuldeep was at his best versus Australia. So very happy for him. Um, I don't know. Kuldeep seems to just come in and out of the team. Maybe the Delhi Capitals biases us. So you've seen him play a little bit more recently. But whenever he's played, he's put his heart into it. There's been the passion. And I think he's got the results to deliver. So very happy for him. But Bangladesh could only make 150. And so then it came down to, will India enforce a follow-on? Will India go on to bat? And... I think India did the right thing. India India went into to bat because you don't want to be kind of, you know, whatever happens, suppose Bangladesh did really well in that third innings uh, if they followed on. You don't want to be any, under any pressure on, let's say, a turning wicket. And so they came in. This time, Shubman Gill hit 110. Fantastic. Uh, I think his maiden century in tests. And he would look determined to get there. 
and Pujara, Pujara knew the declaration was on his head. So Pujara actually hit 102 of 130. And Ashwin, you were watching this and you said he hit back-to-back sixes. Is that right? It was incredible. I don't know if it was back-to-back or it was, oh, what? It was definitely a couple of boundaries. But so like he had three boundaries back, like in quick succession, and it was just unlike Pujara. And obviously, he realized, listen, we're going to bat only as much as needed. We're going to. Uh, he just he had the opportunity to try to get to that three figures after I think a few years again for him to like Kohli. So so nice to see. And yeah, Pujara was uncharacteristic. I mean, Pujara batting at a, making a century of 130 balls is the last thing you'd expect to see. But good for him. So so then right put on a big enough total on the board. I think they needed 500 and whatever it was, 550 odd, 520 odd. And, which, is, which should be enough. And Bangladesh gets to 124 for one, or 124 before they lose their first wicket. Were you nervous at any point there when you see like 500 on the board and 124 without losing a wicket? Before, of course, now we know the collapse happened. But were you nervous? I definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, I was nervous because I was like, where is this going, right? Why is nobody looking like they can take a wicket? And, 500 is always going to be enough, I feel. But had they pushed to like 200 plus for zero, I I think I would have got very nervous. 120 odd, I still was like, yeah, it's about one session now, right? It's about just coming in. But I think Bangladesh played well. And again, it comes back to my point as to why KL Rahul did the right thing by batting is because you, if they had ended up making 400 plus and given us 200 plus to chase on the, um, in the last innings, I, I think it might have been a bit tough. So, uh, but credit to them, man. They, they, they did really, really well. Yeah, agreed. And so not not a lot else to write about, home about. Like, I think good, good batting. 324 was good, but four for Akshar, three for Kuldeep. I mean, Kuldeep for his 40 runs and the eight wickets in the match ended up as man of the match. Varun, before we wrap up, uh, kind of talking about this, any any changes you would make for Team India going into the second test? And I think you and I will be together for the second test. So we'll get to watch... Uh, some of it live together but any changes you make or do you just power through and try to get that second and then no you go into the Australia series I think needing three wins out of four to qualify for the WTC final yeah so firstly focus is just winning right because South Africa have not started off well India is now as of as of this moment on 19th December are number two on that world test championship table so getting into that top two is priority I think there's a lot of talk about Rohit Sharma and what if he's fit. And it's very funny because Ajit Jadeja in some show just said, Rohit Sharma should just sit at home. Don't 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 change this lineup now. Um, so so Rohit Sharma is one factor if he's fit and ready to come back. Uh, who do you drop? Pujara and Gil both hit centuries. I think you should drop Rahul, our captain. But um, the second is Jadev. Jadev is just a personal thing. I, I would love to see him play. I think a left arm bowler who's doing well right now um, maybe in place of Umesh but to be honest I don't see it happening though that's that's just where it is yeah I agree I think they stick I think it's just crazy to think this is I mean we've been doing this show for several years now but I remember Rahane we wanted to drop he had a vice captaincy then Pujara we wanted to drop had vice captaincy now you're thinking Rahul as a skipper we want to drop I mean it is crazy but you look at that lineup and you say you're not dropping Gil Pujara Kohli Panthor Ayer based on their performances, right? The one you dropped, Rahul made 22 of 54 and 23 of 62. Just didn't didn't get going. But that is a discussion for another day because I don't think KL Rahul is going anywhere anytime soon. Right, I think that, that covers about it. I think, Varun, a lot of other cricket going on. I will say congratulations to the Australia women who uh, in their tour of India have just wrapped up the 
the win after being one all. Uh, they won the third and the fourth ODIs pretty comprehensively. So disappointing. I mean, the third more comprehensively. The fourth was very close. India almost got there, but uh, fell short. So we want to salvage some pride in the fifth. And similarly, on salvaging pride, Pakistan is trying to win at least one test in their home series against England after going down 0-2. Uh, they're in a, uh, in an interesting position now as you go into the final couple of days of this this test match. That brings us to a wrap. Varun, as we come to the year, the end of the year, Football World Cup is done and all that hype is wrapping up. We have one more test for, for Team India to play. Um, it's going to be it's going to be an exciting one. I think as we you know the holiday season is always good. You usually see some good Test cricket. I'm excited to watch the India Bangladesh and Australia South Africa. Like you said, looks good, and um, you know hopefully bigger and brighter things for India to look forward to in 2023 with the home season. With that, we're going to wrap up the Edison Service Creep podcast for this week. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, at one tip one hand on all the the different social media, and we love hearing from you. Leave us a like and a subscribe if you're on YouTube, and we will be back next week. Thank you very much, everybody.